This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Most kids will develop an itchy rash at some point in their lives, but at least 1 in 10 of them are subjected to these more regularly with a skin condition that most have heard of called eczema. But what's really happening when your baby has eczema? And most importantly, what can we do as parents to help our babies feel better? I'm Dr. Ahmad Baylouni, and today we're talking about baby eczema. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, where we do kind of a special conversation with expert extending the show, and plus we also have special giveaways and discounts that we offer to our members. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter for free, though, if you're not already a member, and you can get a chance to win a membership to our club each month or at the very least just get our newsletter every week another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free parent savers app available in the android and itunes marketplace and then it will automatically you'll automatically be notified and know when a new episode is released So let's go around the table and talk about everyone that's in the room. We've got our panelists as well joining us with Dr. Ahmad Bailouni talking about baby eczema. I'm Jonner, and I have three boys, six, Quinter is six, Whitaker is four, and Zyler is going to be two soon. And Zyler is the first one of our kids that had eczema. Our first two did not. So I'm really excited to talk to you and learn a little more about it because it's something that we're dealing with with him. And my name is Sunny Galt. I am the host of Parent Saver Sister Show Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I'm pregnant right now with our third. We don't know what we're having yet. We're due in December. Um, and I've got two little boys at home. So Sayer is almost three. Urban just turned one. Um, Sayer does have some skin stuff that I'll be asking you about. I don't know if it's eczema. I don't know if it's just something that runs in the family, but I'm curious to <laughs> figure a- a- every it out. Every kid has some skin stuff. Right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I'm Lori Babb, and I'm a local business owner, and I have two ki- two boys. Uh, Lorenzo is five years old, and Marcelo is two and a half. So a lot of boys, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any kids? No kids. Not no? Wow. My, no? my parents would like me to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode, really. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get into it. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Now we have a Twitter question from Kim. Kim writes... How do I get my 11-month-old to sleep through the night? She still gets up for one bottle, and then she'll go back to sleep immediately. 
Hi, Kim. Great question about your 11-month-old not sleeping through the night regarding the bottle. This is Joanna Clark with BlissfulBabySleepCoaching.com here to answer your questions. So um, a baby that is 11 months of age um, that is still waking up for a bottle at night, often this is a situation where their hunger clock is still turned on in the middle of the night. And what I mean by that is that they are expecting calories in the middle of the night when we really want to be shifting those calories to the daytime hours. So the first thing I want to suggest you do is kind of go back and take a look and see how well all of the uh, feeding is going regarding integration of solids during the daytime and uh, obviously having conversations with your pediatrician is going to be super important. You're going to want to, um, you know, go to your pediatrician talk to you, talk to them about your concerns regarding nutrition and feeding and expectations for the amount of milk your child should be having in a 24-hour period and their personal opinion on where at what times a day the milk should be showing up. Um, sometimes children at this age tend to be drinking a ton of milk during the day and less solids, um, therefore turning back on the hunger, hunger clock at night. So just simply taking some real close look at what the integration of solids are in your household can really make a big difference. Now, uh, obviously, sleep and nutrition can sometimes be linked, but I also highly suggest um, that if you have further concerns that your pediatrician is unable to answer regarding nutrition, um, that you reach out to your local lactation consultant or nutritionist to get more details. Um, And what you'll find is that when you start addressing uh, the hunger issues for daytime, it will minimize wakings at night for bottles at this age group, in which case your sleep problems might actually solve themselves. Uh, So that is something to consider, and um, I would definitely get in touch with your pediatrician on this particular question regarding feeding and nutrition. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's topic is baby eczema, and it's one that many families have some experience with, or at least, as Dr. Bailuni says, with some sort of rash with their kids. Um, so today, we're talking to Dr. Ahmad Bailuni. Am I pronouncing that correct? That's correct. Great. He's a pediatrician affiliated with Sharp Chula Vista Medical Center. He's going to tell us all about eczema and baby eczema, including what it is, what causes it, and probably most importantly for you guys listening, what we can do to treat it if our kids have it. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. All right. So let's start with, uh, you know, what is, is there such a thing as baby eczema even? And is it, is that even a thing? Am I making up a a (laughs) concept that's baby eczema? So you are not making up a concept. (laughs) There, there is such a thing as baby eczema. In fact, eczema in general, with people who get it, about 60% will get it before the age of one. So, yeah. So baby eczema is a very real thing. We've seen it. And as kids in my clinic, a couple weeks old and, uh, pretty much goes on from there into sometimes even adulthood. So what so what is eczema and baby eczema? So what eczema is, you know, I think that we as people kind of forget that our largest organ in our body and one of the most important is our skin. 
Right. A lot of times we just kind of take that part for granted. We think about, you know, important organs, your heart, your brain, but your skin is a very important organ and eczema is pretty much a defect in that skin. Okay. So, you know, it, I think we take for granted that our skin does a lot. It protects water and moisture from getting into our body. And when there's a problem with that, that's what we call eczema. So it's actually a problem with your body's ability to retain skin, to retain water. Retain sorry. water. Yeah, not retain skin. <laughs> um, so obviously when you're having problems retaining water, your skin tends to get very dry, very itchy. Um, and those kids have a very hard time dealing with things like sweating, things like moisture, humidity. Um, well, and I think that's kind of a first issue. I think anytime there's a rash or something on the skin, you think what's the external influence that's causing it not necessarily that there might be something wrong with the skin. And and the classic thought, actually, so the older doctors, bef- I'm 31, but before me, um, the thoughts about eczema were, it used to be the opposite. So they thought that there was these external factors and that eventually because, you know, of an environmental allergy or whatever it may have been, kids would scratch and they would get eczema. The thought nowadays is actually reversed, that the problem actually lies in the skin due to genetic issues with proteins in the actual skin and then environmental factors can contribute to it, but the problem's actually in the skin. The itself. problem was there the whole time. Yeah. I guess how early could we see these signs in our children? I mean, is this something like boom, baby comes out and you can tell right away? So it's not something like boom, baby comes out. <laughs> 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 right okay. No. I host the pregnancy <laughs> show. Come on. I talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> I, re- I realize you're pregnant and so <laughs> But uh, it's it's usually like, for example, I'll get a kid in the office, you know, and they'll come in for their one month checkup and mom will say, the kid's been doing fine, but I've noticed like behind the ear, you know, there's this dry, itchy spot and he, he kind of wants to itch at it, but he's mm-hmm. one month and he doesn't really know how to get there. Um, and you take a look behind there and you see like dry, reddened, kind of flaky skin, that's kind of first early warning signs of eczema. So it could start, like I said, at about a month old, but it's not something like a kid is going to be born and, and has eczema right away. But it's but it probably is there. It just isn't right. showing up. Right. So so newer research, and they've actually identified, you know, I don't want to get too nerdy, but they've identified <laughs> some actual proteins in the skin that are, are highly linked with eczema. So. so is there a certain something that causes it to flare up? There's lots of things that cause it to flare up. So number one and probably the biggest thing is that eczema is a cycle. The problem with it is that when the skin becomes like that, it becomes very itchy. And so like anybody, especially children, skin is itchy. They're going to scratch it. They're not going to be like, I'm not going to scratch my skin. And whenever you scratch the skin, if you're, you know, any, any time, basically what we're talking about is the skin already itself is, is dysfunctional. So when you're scratching it, you're making it worse. Okay. Secondly, any type of moisture. Okay. So when the problem with the skin is, is retaining moisture, when you're making it wet, it's going to get dry really, really quickly after it gets wet. So for example, a long shower, as soon as you get out of the shower, that moisture that was on the skin is going to evaporate really quickly, and that's going to lead to more dryness. Um, that's interesting because you would think that if it's a lack of moisture, that giving it moisture would help. Giving it moisture does help, but you need you need. And again, we'll talk about this with the treatment part more. Yeah. But you you need something that will retain that moisture. Okay. It's that the skin can't retain that moisture. 
So, so when the skin can't retain the moisture, what happens with any kind of liquid is it's going to evaporate and right. that's eventually going to make it more dry. And then that leads to, I mean, you talked about flaky. At least the very flaky, thickened, reddened skin, which is just severely itchy. And, and like I said, that's that big flare up thing that when the skin becomes like that, your natural instinct, especially when you're a toddler is to just scratch it. Yeah. Scratching it makes it worse. Um, there are other things that can lead to flare up. So with some people, you know, infection, uh, some, some, a lot, a big problem these days, I don't know, you know, in the news is MRSA, which is a type of skin infection, a very strong, uh, bacteria that can live on the skin. We see sometimes kids with eczema are colonized with that infection on their skin. Those kids have obviously worse flare-ups than a kid who has no infections. Um, So there's a long list of things that can can cause flare-ups of your eczema. But the number one, you know, biggest criminal is is just scratching the skin itself. Got it. Now, are there certain areas that are more prone to, you know, eczema appearing? There are. So when we're... And, and this is actually one of the things. So when we're talking about eczema, we kind of group it into three age groups. There's what we call baby eczema. Okay. That's up until age two. And then what we call childhood eczema. Childhood eczema is usually between two and 12. And then there's adult eczema. Adult eczema is anything above 12. Okay. So as pediatricians, we don't, you know, want to deal with the adults. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, there are certain areas. So the areas depend on what age you are. So in babies, we tend to see eczema more on the cheeks of the face, on the scalp, or on what we call the extensor surfaces. For, you know, those people listening that can't picture that, it's your elbow, basically. So the outside, where wherever your skin would flex, the other side of yours, of that's... Okay, yeah. so like the back of the knee. Right. Right, and then babies well, maybe... Well, the back of the knee is where it folds, so it would actually be the opposite on So it would be the front of the yeah. knee. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, I want to make sure I was understanding, and I wasn't, so thanks for starting <laughs> <front. laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> um, What is a mild case versus a severe case? Because I've heard that right. w- in relation to eczema as well. So mild case, back when I was talking about that kid that who's one month old that comes in with the little rash behind the ear, that's a mild case. Or like a kid who comes in and like... You know, just on the elbow, there's a small patch of reddened skin. That's a mild case. A severe case, you will definitely know when you see. I mean, there's some kids I have that come in and literally every joint that you can think of has eczema. Those are severe cases. They're very itchy, what we call atopic kids. A to P is a word that we use a lot. A to P just means out of place. Um, So... um, yeah, those severe cases are very, very difficult to deal with as a pediatrician just because you feel so badly. You have this patient that's coming in and looks in obvious discomfort. Like they do, those kids do not like look like they're having a good time. Yeah. Very difficult to deal with. Well, but so if, and, and I guess if a kid has eczema behind their ear, does that mean that they have it all over on their skin and it just is a matter of whether it would flare up or is it localized to those certain areas? You know, every case is different. Yeah. So, for example, I've had some patients where we'll treat one area with eczema and it goes away and we really don't hear about it again. Um, and, and then there's other kids who it starts in one area and as they kind of grow, it, it tends to, to spread. Um, what causes one kid to be more, you know, 
in the severe right. category versus a kid with a mild is really hard to know. I think that's a lot of where research is at this time. There's a lot of papers being published about certain chromosomes and certain chromosomes make people more likely to have eczema than others. So I think as we kind of are in this era where we're studying genomes and genetics, that's probably something more up and coming in the next five, five to 10 years. Um, as of right now, what ki- makes a kid more mild versus severe is hard to know, unless there's an obvious, you know, like yeah. the kid eats the food and, and becomes very allergic or something. Right. So that was my question about diet. The, the kids or also even the mother if they're breastfeeding, right? I've heard that. So that that's linked somehow. Foods is a very, very controversial subject when it comes to eczema. Right. So it's a or, controversial or, subject, kind yeah. of. In general. <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're opening up a can of worms, but okay. um, having said that, there isn't a clear link between food and eczema. So a lot of times, yeah, there are. There's two separate things that we're talking about. There's eczema, which is a a big problem, but there's also food allergies, which are a big problem. It doesn't mean that if you have food allergies, that's what's causing your eczema. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause as we talked about eczema is a genetic problem in the skin with a protein in the skin. It may be in very rare cases where, for example, let's say I've been treating a kid for eczema for months and months and months, and I really can't make any progress. And then at that, my very wits end, I'll check a skin test to see, you know, is there any food allergies? That's a more rare case. In general, eliminating foods, things like that, isn't something we actually jump to right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially in these times, we tend to blame food a lot um, in the modern times. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll drive a parent crazy. They're going to start eliminating everything, and, and their kid is on this terrible diet, and really it's not doing anything for their eczema. That's, you know, that's a disservice to both the parent and the child, mm-hmm. and not something I want to do as a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times when I see children with what looks to be like a rash or skin condition, I automatically think, oh, my gosh, that's contagious. Get it away. Um, Is that the case with baby eczema? Is it contagious? Should we be concerned about our kids playing on the playground or anything like that? So the good news is that eczema is not cooties. (laughs) (laughs) Which we have cootie spray for, so it's okay anyways. (laughs) So you don't even have to buy the cootie spray for this because it's not contagious. (laughs) Okay. Um, There are, like we talked about with those kids, if, if there's a kid that's super colonized with an infection, you know, then, yeah, obviously a kid can spread MRSA or, or a skin bacteria to another kid. But, I mean, those are, are more rare cases, and we're talking about kids with very severe eczema to the point where their skin is, like, actually weeping and bleeding, mm-hmm. you know. But in general, a kid with routine, everyday eczema, not contagious. It's a genetic thing. So mm-hmm. is it more likely to run in members of a family? It is very likely to run in members of a family. That's why one of the important questions I always ask, you know, when I'm looking at a rash, mom comes in, I've got this rash, I don't know what it is. Is there anybody in the family with eczema? It's a very important question. There's studies that show that in twins who are what we call monozygotic, so identical twins, the rates of eczema are up to 80%. So that kind mm. of tells you there that, you know, it's a, it's a genetic thing. It runs in families. What about um, boys and girls? Do boys get eczema more than girls or vice versa? So... Um, even though boys get cooties probably more than girls. <laughs> That's right. But, but eczema is not cooties. Eczema. You heard it here first. 
penis, not cooties. <laughs> Girls are actually a little bit more predominant. It's about 1.3 to 1. So not very, very But there's a little much. bit. It's Interesting. a little bit more girls, but nothing to write home about. Interesting. Is it baby eczema just a baby thing? Or is this something that predicts a lifelong condition they'll have? So about 40% of people will actually just outgrow the eczema. So never, oh, that's, never hear of it again. That's good. Is that with continuous treatment though? That's, yeah, with, okay. it's not necessarily continuous. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about more about what to do in mm-hmm. terms of treatment. Uh, the other 60%, a lot of them will go into what we call remission. Okay. So they pretty much live life as an adult normally every now and then if they go, you know, let's say into a very place with like a very dry place, no humidity, that's going to flare up their eczema, or they do an activity where they sweat a lot. So, you know, decide to hike a 10 mile hike in the sun that might flare up their eczema, but otherwise they're in remission. They're, they're not like constantly just living with, you know, it's a very more rare case where someone goes into adulthood and still has the severe eczema that they had of, of childhood. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but my skin's kind of itchy right now. <laughs> so I think <laughs> we need to take legs. an itch break. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll be right back. We're going to talk about some treatments for kids um, as well as preventative steps. And also maybe uh, I'll talk a little about what's going on with my son. And of course, you've got a doctor in the room, so you've got to ask him a question. All right. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're talking all about baby eczema with Dr. Ahmad Bailuni from Sharp Chula Vista Medical Center. And it's, it's we learned a lot in the first segment about kind of what it is, what it's not. It's not cooties. Um, and now let's talk a little more about what we can do to treat it. Because, I mean, that's, as parents, we want to help our kids out and get some relief from that crazy scratching that they're doing and, you know, these itching. And in some cases, they're scratching themselves raw. So what what are some treatment steps when, when you do see someone with baby eczema? What are some treatment steps that you recommend? So whenever I talk about eczema, I kind of like, you know, because you can always go into a room and I think in general overwhelm someone, you know, (laughs) especially if if the kid comes in and has had this really bad eczema and they're looking at you, the pediatrician, and with these wide eyes, like, help me. If you just flood them with information, they go home and and generally it's it's hard to keep up with what the doctor said in in five minutes. Right. Right. Um, So I like to spread it into three general categories, okay? Number one, and the most important by far, if you look at eczema as a pyramid of treatment, this is the big bottom of the pyramid where all the structure is, is moisture and moisturizing the skin, okay? So moisturizing the skin is number one. Number two would be um, lifestyle modifications. So things like trying to figure out how to keep your kid from actually scratching the itch, um, how to keep your kid from like not sweating too much during really bad flare-ups. You know, if there's someone in the house that's smoking, those kind of allergic triggers, minimize those things, dust, those kind of things are in the environment. And then uh, number three is medications. Uh, there's a lot of good medications for eczema, but, you know, I don't like to make those the focus of something because any medication can, can have side effects. So if we can get the first two done and, and make the medication part as little as possible, okay. that's kind of the best way to go. Well, and I mean, I guess I should probably clarify, but I kind of asked you about treatments, but there's no cure for eczema, is there? There's no cure for eczema. Right. Having said that, like I said, a lot of kids will outgrow it, so it's okay. not it's not anything we're talking about that just because there's no cure, it's never going to go away. Right. There's things to make it better. There just isn't a cure. There's not a pill you can take or a... No. 
or spray that you can put on it. That's gonna There's no cootie spray for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the medications that you said, I know are, that steroids can be a part of the treatment, and mm-hmm. some people, I guess, would be concerned about that. What do you? What's your take on that, or what do you tell parents? So steroids is a, is a big subject. What I generally tell parents is, you know, the main problem with eczema is you have, like we talked about, this problem in your skin. It, there's a protein in the skin that's that's not working so well. And so it's it's not being the barrier that it's supposed to be. So what steroids do is in those periods where the kid is really flared up and having all this inflammation, a steroid is an anti-inflammatory. Okay, so it goes in there. And it stops that skin from being so angry. Kind of like how a sports athlete, when they have swelling in their knee, you always hear about them getting, you know, an injection in their knee to calm the swelling. It's the same kind of subject. Mm-hmm. But hopefully not steroids for That's athletes. the other thing I'd like to say. <laughs> this isn't like the Sammy Sosa, Barry Bond steroids where you're going to give these to your kid and he's going to start, you yeah. know, benching. It's such a loaded word now. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So... It is a loaded word. There are a lot of side effects with steroids. If you look at the, you know, list of side effects, it's endless. Okay. So I I don't want to even go into that because it it would be a a whole nother show. The good thing and nice thing about eczema is that really in general, if you go to your local pediatrician with a common case of eczema, the steroids you're going to be getting are very, very, very low dose steroids. So we're talking about something like a hydrocortisone is probably the lowest possible steroid you can get. It's on the skin, so it shouldn't have a high, you know, systemic absorption. Um, So and as long as you're doing the other things that we talked about moisturizing the skin really well, keeping it really well hydrated, you really shouldn't have to use those steroids that much. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you know, obviously in a kid with severe, severe eczema, those kids should be seeing the specialist anyway and kind of having those steroids managed in, in a, you know, by a specialist. But if you're going to your local pediatrician, take a one week, two week course of a steroid on your skin for eczema, it shouldn't be anything that's going to cause, you know, a lot of side effects. Well, I, I know for our son, Zyler, who's almost two, um, it really flared up around his first birthday. And, you know, we have some steroid cream that we put on him and it helps. And there's other types of creams that help as well too. But another thing that, and maybe you ladies are better at this than me. And I think my wife is a little bit, but there's a lot of talk about lotions and ointments and creams and those aren't all synonyms. Like they all are named that for a reason and they're different. Can you talk a little bit, I guess, about the difference between those and how they play into treating the eczema and the skin and helping moisturize the problem areas? Right. So there, there is three different things. And this is the big area that we're talking about, moisturizing the skin. Okay. There's lotions. I, I basically like to tell my parents, don't ever use lotions. L- lotions are mostly water. So when we're talking about a problem like eczema where you're having problems with water, you don't want to be using something that's mostly water. Okay. Okay. So lotions we can kind of just skip over. You don't want to use those. Creams are have a lower water content than lotions, so creams are better. Okay. So I'm sure you guys have heard there's a bunch of creams out there, Avenos, things like that. Yeah. Um, And then finally there's ointments. Ointments basically have no water okay so they're just like for example petroleum jelly or what we commonly call vaseline um, is an ointment there's aquaphor is an ointment Um, those are very very good for treating eczema the reason why is because 
They don't have any water. They keep the skin very hydrated without any water. Okay. How, that doesn't make. How does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, if you can think about it, if you're putting Vaseline on your skin, it keeps right. it nice and greasy, kind of like a pig, which is kind of uh, that's very good because the, yeah. the problem with eczema is that your skin is dry. Okay. Okay. So if you can keep it greasy like that for long periods of time, then nothing is going to be able to get to that barrier on the skin that's that's messed up. Okay. Okay. You have a you have a layer between you and the skin. If you have a layer between you and the skin, your skin's going to do pretty good. Yeah. The only problem with those ointments is, like I said, they're they're pretty greasy. So sometimes you know, the kids won't tolerate them so well because they'll you know they'll be like a little slip and slide. It. They, you know, there's <laughs> right. nothing to really make them go away. So if they play with it too much you're gonna have kind of a little mess but if you can get your kid to use it ointments are the way to go can you put like a bandage over it or something like that because you're not trying you know the area doesn't need to breathe you know you're talking about creating a barrier in fact the air is bad for it right yeah because the air is what takes the moisture away okay you could you could put uh, one of the treatments uh, again for eczema is to put like a wet wrap actually over the, the the ointment Okay, so that way what you're going to do is have moisture there that's not escaping because you're going to have that ointment there as well. Okay. And that will allow it to be trapped in there instead of the opposite of what usually happens if you don't have any ointment on the skin and you just have wetness, okay, then eventually that wetness dries out and that eventually dries out your skin. Okay, so I'm thinking summer is on the way and I know my boys love to get into a swimming pool. So is this a bad thing for babies with eczema because we're putting moisture directly on their skin? What are your thoughts? You are putting moisture on the skin. However, if you think about it, when you're swimming in a pool, you're not sweating. Okay. And if you are sweating, you're a pretty sweaty person because you you shouldn't sweat in a pool. Um, So so actually swimming is is not bad. Uh, The the chlorine in in the water makes the water pretty sanitary in general um so swimming is fine what you do have to remember is that as soon as they get out of that pool they are now in an environment where there isn't they aren't surrounded by a vat of water Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now that water is on the skin in the open air you're gonna have to hydrate that skin right away with your ointment or your cream or whatever you're using to, to keep your skin moist Okay. What about swimming in the ocean? Does that make a difference? There's no chlorine in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, swimming in the ocean is probably a little bit riskier just because of salt co- content. You know, salt is going to tend to pull moisture a little bit more. Um, I, I would probably recommend pool over ocean. I, I, having said that, if, if you know, you're going to go to the beach one day and you're not flaring terribly <laughs> that's not the worst thing in the world as long as every single time you get out of the water you gotta hydrate that skin that's that's number one it seems like the sun would be probably not such a great thing for it sun you know heat changes in temperature aren't good for eczema so going from like you know air conditioned house to you know outside beach where it's 90 degrees that's not a good thing um having said that you know you don't want to start having your child live in a bubble right okay here we live in san diego which is a nice sunny beautiful outdoor place you still want quality of life for your patient or your child so you can still do activities and and you want to try and make sure you're not doing things where the kid is going to like excessively sweat and you know you don't want to sign them up for a marathon but you know if they're you're going to go to the beach have a nice beach day with the family i think it's okay as long as you're taking care of the skin and you're aware of it right yeah 
you know, using good sunblock, something with an SPF greater than 30. All right. So let's recap everything. I like to do this sometimes at the end of the show. So what is the most important thing for our listeners to remember today about baby eczema? I think the number one most important thing is really eczema. Like you said, there's no cure, but there's a lot of treatment. And mo- the number one most important thing about treatment, and I, I try to stress this to parents as much as I can, uh, um, is hydration. Because if you can keep your skin, your kids' skin mm-hmm. moist, hydrated, then you're going to be doing a lot of the work. Okay, you're you're going to be seeing me less often, which is always a good thing. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I, I try and tell. Parents literally, as they're leaving the room, as they're walking out, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Because if you could do that, you're going to be using medications less. You're going to have to ask those questions about steroid side effects less. All those things are are going to be less of a problem. You're going to see less flare-ups if you can simply remember that whenever you do an activity, when you change temperatures, when you're going to go to the beach, whatever it may be, especially after you get out of baths and showers, um, you really got to hydrate that skin. Um, so again, hydrate. Hydrate. All right. Well, great. Thanks so much, Dr. Bayluni, for joining us today. For more information about baby eczema or for more information about any of our panelists or any some, or some resources about baby eczema, make sure to visit the episode page on parentsavers.com. We're going to continue the conversation on the, for our Parent Savers Club members. I actually, this one is a controversial topic that I had read about, was going to ask you about. So this is the one that I was going to ask you about. I was going to ask you about bleach baths. I had heard of that as a treatment as I was researching this show, and I figured that would be kind of an interesting controversy to talk about later and not necessarily something we want to talk about in the normal show. Uh, So for Parent Savers Club members, uh, make sure to listen to us talk about that. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Here's a comment from listener Vicky. She writes that she loves the episode on homeopathy in children. She writes, the show actually gave me the last bit of inspiration I needed to take a homeopathy course at a local trade school that I've been debating about taking. Despite the fact that I live outside a major college town, there aren't a whole lot of resources in that area. So it's really exciting to hear the show and get some basic information. Thanks, Vicky, and we're glad it inspired you. Thanks so much. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows. We've got Preggy Pals with Miss Sunny Galt for Expecting Parents and our show The Boob Group with Robin Kaplan for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies. They've got a lot of Facebook likes, so you probably listen to them and are maybe checking us out. We'd love to catch up to them, so tell your friends about Parent Savers. Share our Facebook page so we can catch up with the boob group. Next week, we're actually (laughs) going to have a special two-part Father's Day series along with our sister show, Preggy Pals. So that's going to be pretty exciting. It's a lot of fun to put together. We've got some panelists of dads and expecting dads talking about you know what they're nervous about what the childbirth experience is going to be like in baby's first year so really fun to put together so make sure to check that out next week thanks so much for listening this is parent savers empowering new parents this has been a new mommy media production the information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only statements and opinions expressed in this episode 
are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.